0: Good evening, everybody. The last day of the month, session 78 of our Q&A. We have a few questions. We thank God for all the questions. We thank God for bringing us through. Seven months are over, five months left, and so much has happened. But God was there. Every point of time He was there. We just want to thank God. So this evening, before we go to the questions... We trust God for the answers. I would ask Pastor Vijay, would you lead us in prayer? <clears throat> Father, we just want to thank you
1: once again for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for every opportunity that you give to us to come together, to sit at your feet, to learn a few. And this evening, O oh Lord, even as we, Father, go through the sessions, session of q and A, I I pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, your anointing, put to our servant and all of us, all of us who hear. here. I pray, Father, that, Lord, uh, you would make every answer relevant to every situation that your people are going through. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for the, for, for the work <coughs> that you're doing uh, in our lives and through our lives. Thank you, Father, for the ministry of the Word in different formats, O oh Lord. And I pray, Father, that even, even through every ministry, O oh Lord, that Christ Jesus and His word will always have preeminence, O oh Lord. And therefore, this evening, O oh Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would lead us, Father, all to the truth and teaches your ways and shows your paths. Commit this entire time into your hands. We praise you, we worship you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. amen,
0: amen. amen. Yes, Pastor
1: Richard. So, Pastor, we'll start from question number one. Uh, it's talking about the seven deadly sins. Okay. Uh, if you can uh, show us Proverbs chapter 6. Some, it's echoing. Echoing, it's echoing. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 19. Uh, Dr. Richard, if you can just put it up, please. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it says, um, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and the one who sows discord among brethren. What's the difference between these sins and the others included in new covenant? Why are these so hated by God? Also, can you please elaborate a bit on the last one? One who sows discord among brethren. Does it apply in the church, family and work context? Open discord or secret gossips in a way that impacts the way the person is viewed, etc.
0: I mean, if you look at it, if you go back to it, you will see. The first one is a haughty eye, a proud look, okay? And uh, that's where it all begins. The beginning of sin is from pride, and that's what the first in the list does not mean the first in the list and the others are in according to that order, but you will see that's where it all begins. Pride is either we overestimate ourselves yeah. or we underestimate others. Hmm. Okay, and that's where it all begins. And it's, 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 it's the root sin that caused the fall. And God hates it. And God hates it because God is exactly, the, if there is somebody who can be genuinely proud, it is God. <laughs> okay. And God is humble. Okay, so it's an antithesis to everything that He is. Oh. Okay, and let us say, whether we like it or not, this is His universe. And if you don't like it, we can't even find another one. (laughs) There is no other place. It is like the young man, uh, who teenage guy who was upset with his mother. He said, uh, I'm sick and tired of this house, and I'm leaving. So she said, if you're free, you're 18, you want to leave, you can leave. So he packed all his stuff and came to the door. He said, wait a second, before you leave... (laughs) Leave everything that I got for you. You can take what is yours. And everything he had was what she got it for him. <laughs> so he left the, half he left the bag there and he was getting out. He's, he said, stop, mm. take your clothes off. <laughs> 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 you came to the world naked, you can leave naked. <laughs> So, I mean, if you look at it, it's an antithesis, we are being proud because everything is his. Everything belongs to his, even we belong to him. There's nothing anybody has or earned or achieved which is not his. Okay, so, and he is humble. Mm. He is humble. So, please understand this when eternity begins, that is, the final eternity begins, that is, after a thousand years. There'll be no proud people around. There'll be nothing that is proud around, and he hates pride. okay, He hates pride. and uh, you will see uh if you see in the Old Testament patterns, you will see right from the Garden of Eden that is what that was what was uh injected into them, that you can be wise. basically all that he showed them about that tree was what they could be apart from God. Apart from God. And that's basically what pride does. It takes us apart from God. And God hates it. God hates it. Okay? Because the whole world system, humanism, is basically our education system is built on that, modern education system. And we unconsciously imbibe it, and we teach our children to be independent, Mm -hmm. which is not a very good thing. Okay? and ultimately when they have to come of age we say believe in the lord humble yourself trust god this but all those years we taught them not to be dependent be yourself okay and you need to realize that becomes humanism is the modern religion and it becomes a block to people so you know how how difficult it is today if you look at it to save people to save people of difficulties, like uh, in the Nepali message when we were looking at because you are afraid does not mean you are not proud right? yes mm-hmm. Rehab's testimony was that their hang sang melted in fear, the whole nation has been living in fear, but Jericho was shut in yes. tightly mm-hmm. and the only person in the household who was saved was a harlot. And when Jesus came, he said, the tax collectors and the harlots are entering into the kingdom of God. What's common about the tax collector and the harlot? They have no pride because they're considered the scum of the earth in the Jewish society. So the humble could get it.
2: Uh
0: Humble could get it. And sometimes we need to look at life and see what is God doing through it all. What is God do- doing through it all? I mean, all the trouble that is happening. He's basically trying to humble people where they will come to a point where they'll cry out, Lord, help me. But if you read the book of Revelation, when the tribulation begins and the judgments of God begins, you will see people will not repent. Oh. People will not repent. No. Yes. So the first and the thing that he hates most is haughty eyes and then You will see it's a lying tongue. Okay. And God, see again, this is all connected with the devil. The devil is proud. And Jesus said he's a liar. Mm. Okay. God is truth. The devil is a liar. Okay. God is truth. He's a liar. So we can understand. Okay. We will not understand certain things unless we understand who God is. Okay. If you have to understand why God heard certain things, it is because of who he is. Mm. He's humble. So he hates pride. He's truth, so he eats lies. Mm. He gives life. and The devil takes life. Yes. Okay. God didn't bring death. The devil brought death. Okay. He said, if you eat, you will die. Mm. But the one who brought in death is the devil. Hell was not made for man. It's the devil who's taking men to hell by believing in a lie. Okay. So you will look at all that is an antithesis of who God is. God is humble. God is truth. God gives life; he doesn't. When he sheds blood, or when he executes just justice, ultimately you will you will always know it is not innocent; oh. it is guilty. It's guilty, and God does not pronounce guilty. He actually allows the evil people to live long. That's what Asab's problem was. He's <laughs> saying the evil people are flourishing, and living. he allows them. You know why? Because he's merciful. Because he does not want anybody to perish. Okay, so, he hates the shedding of innocent blood. Innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Okay, out of the heart comes, comes everything. Out of the heart. Okay, so that's why, he, you see, we are given a new heart, but we are not given a new mind. Mm. We have to renew our mm. mind can renew our mind. And the series we are looking at is connected with the mind, not with the heart. The mind has to be renewed. But heart that devices wicked schemes, you know, if you look at it, about the heart, Jesus said in Matthew 15, and verse uh, 19, right? out of the heart comes all uh, out of the heart come evil thoughts murder adultery sexual immorality theft false testimony slander everything comes out of the heart now when it is talking about the heart it is talking about where this is the the person who is not saved okay so when you are saved first he gives you a new heart It changes your desires. Mm. It changes the inclinations of your heart. It changes that. And if that doesn't take place, salvation hasn't taken place. I'm not saying you will be tempted. I'm not saying you will not be tested. Mm. But the basic core of you has changed. It has changed. Okay. Then after that, how do you overcome? You overcome in the mind. The heart has changed. The heart has changed okay, where you do not do, you know, the, that's, that's, that is salvation. And sometimes we need to understand, honestly understand in churches, people are not saved. They're trying to renew their mind without okay. their hearts being changed. changed. And they and they need to understand why they struggle. Because the first thing hasn't taken place, a change of heart hasn't taken place. The heart is still the same. Hmm. Okay, heart is still the same. So you're just sugarcoating the whole thing. But the person within has never changed. But when God does, he's doing, that's what the law did. If you look at what the law did, was lordly control the outward social behavior. It didn't change the heart at all. The heart was always the same. Heart was always there, but in salvation, what happens is it is not the social behavior that is changing first. The heart has changed, and then social behavior is changing because you are taught how to be a citizen in the kingdom of God. So, out of the heart says everything. When it's talking about uh, innocent blood, in the earlier one, when you talked about innocent blood, if you turn to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 John 3.15 Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Okay, now the only reason people do not murder honestly, the only reason people do not murder is because of law and order. Law and order, okay. Law hmm. and order. When you look in the old days where there is, where there, I mean you look at the old <laughs> movies in the West what did the outlaws do? Why did they kill? (laughs) Because that's why they're called outlaws. They function outside the law. And what do outlaws do? They kill. They kill, they murder, they loot. But we need to realize that, are we not killing people only because of social behavior, because of the law, but in our heart do we hate our brethren? Mm. Jesus goes to the heart, because the law, like I said, he says, thou shalt not murder. It's a good thing, it's a big thing. Uh, it's not a big thing. He says, he says, in the kingdom of God, you're not, um, you're not being judged just because your actions were right. Your thoughts and your intentions. Yes, okay, intentions, okay. So this is a radical change that has to take place. Because that is why for accidental deaths, there was refuge in the law. Unintentional. But intentional? No, intentional. Even if people do not murder like they used to do in the old days, it's because we have this system of law and order for a long time. Mm. But if we are living in a system of lawlessness, okay, like what is happening in the US, the nation is falling into lawlessness. Okay, lawlessness. And unlike our nations that nation is falling into lawlessness. Because when there is crime, and when crime is not punished, and the murderers and the looters are set off free, you see the videos coming out of it. You don't see that happening in India, where young people go into supermarket, stake the stuff, and they run out, and nobody is stopping them, because everybody is scared. You try doing that in one supermarket of India? Forget the police. You don't need the police. The people there will beat you up. Right? You know what is happening over there? Because when law enforcement is stopped from doing their job, what happens is lawlessness starts permeating the conscience of a nation. And the young, especially the young people, the young people, no? because young people are either the best or the worst, because they are full of energy. The energy has to be channeled in the right ways, and that's what the Bible is talking about. You know what lawlessness? The last days, what will happen? Lawlessness will abound Okay, and the thing is that uh, how much can the law enforcement hold it? Hmm. Okay, when the, when it becomes that's why you see all around the world the nations have become um, like dictatorships. The law enforcement is given more and more and more power, and when they crack down, the crackdown is brutal. Oh, it is brutal. Because they know if the mob takes over, it is over. It takes over, it is over. Okay, So we are going into a face, and these are things which God hates. The proud, the lying, the murderer, or the one who hates his brother. And the heart, out of the heart comes. And the feet that is quick to rush to evil. And I think if it's Isaiah who talks about it. You know, Isaiah 59 and verse 7. Fifty-nine. 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 Not fifteen. Fifty-nine. Their feet rush into sin. They are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are evil thoughts. Ruin and destruction mark their ways. But remember, it all started with the thoughts. It all started with the thoughts. Okay? And they say, on an average, by the time an average kid, modern-day kid in any culture is 18 years old, he has washed over... Tens and thousands of hours of violence and bloodshed and murder. And if you think this does not affect your mind and your thinking and your conscience, you're fooled. Okay, you're fooled. You know? I mean, if you look at—I I don't watch them—but if you look at the posters on the roadside, look at the kind of weapons they carry. Mm, <laughs> right? yeah. and all this and all—it would be pen knife and all. Now even the knives are so big. Okay, nobody's with a small gun; they are with bazookas and all. I mean, they're all fighting civilians. And if you look at the violence that is over there, okay, and violence is being glorified is being glorified. And I don't know, I think all this gaming, most of them yeah. are violent. Yeah. The kids are all hooked into violence. I mean, you get your points by killing others, okay. <coughs> it's killing others. So what happens over there is that when they get their chance, when they can, the only thing that is holding them is the law enforcement. And you see what is happening in US. Okay? I mean, what is happening in US is not going to happen in other countries. Please understand that. It's a different game plan of the enemy. Because America is the most powerful nation. And to bring them down, you have this defend the police movement going on in America. You don't hear that anywhere in the world. Where in the world is fund the police? police. (laughs) In America, it's opposite because the devil's tactics is very smart. He knows America has to be brought down. It cannot be brought down from outside. You cannot bring it down from outside. It has to be brought down from inside. Because it's too powerful to be brought down from outside. So it has to be brought down from inside. And you will see an entire system of teaching has been going on for years where the minds are being brainwashed. And you will see all these things is over there. All these things is happening over there. And you will see violence is on the streets. If God doesn't do anything, that nation is going down very fast. It will go down, okay? Ultimately, we are only praying, Lord, give us some time. Ultimately, it will go down. All the nations will go down. So even when you look at these questions, we need to be very, okay? One of the things which you need to understand is like, don't put your hope, in this world, doesn't matter how look certain seasons may look. Don't you will be very di- disappointed. You will be very discouraged. Don't you dare think about ache din. There is no ache din if you read the Bible. The ache is on that side. Mm. Okay, like when we looked on Thursday, we said, uh, "Put on the helmet of salvation." Yeah. But the helmet of salvation is the helmet of hope. The book of Thessalonians says it is hope. And hope is not connected it with this life. life. Yes. I mean you think about the best you can think about this life. The best you can think about life. It's cut away by that death. Old age, death, sickness, all that is gone. So there is, really there is no hope in this life. As soon as Adam and Eve ate of that tree, hope is gone. Hmm. Hope is not in this life. And that's why Paul says in First Corinthians fifteen nineteen that if only in this life we have hope in Christ. We are the most miserable of men. Miserable of men. So even when we are looking at all these things, we will fight these things only if our mind is on what is coming. Because what we become matters there. Why do people all do these things? Why do they do all these things? Because their hope is in this life right why why are they proud what are they proud about <laughs> some achievement over here <laughs> with boom fire will take it away right what are we proud about <coughs> uh, can anything that we are proud about can we carry it onto the other side no 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 that's why job is not upset no he's he's hurting he lost his children but he's not upset because he's very clear it's very simple naked eye came you can have go blessed be the name of the Lord. <coughs> and the book of James and Timothy all talk about the same thing. <coughs> and if you come to the seventh one, okay, and uh, sixth one, a false witness who pours out lies. You know. That is what Jezebel did. That's what Jezebel did. Okay, that's what Jezebel did. Okay, and the Jezebel spirit is ruling over. No? You can hire and, uh, witnesses any number you want. Okay, any number you want. False witness who pours out lies and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Okay, now that's the one they wanted discussion. I want to go to Proverbs 28 and 25, then go to Romans 16. A greedy man stirs up dissension, but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. Okay. Mm. A greedy man. This, these are, these are reflections of the heart. Okay. The proud man, the greedy man. These are all people who stir up dissensions. Okay. And it can be so subtle, can be so subtle that if we are not discerning, we will not even notice it. Okay. Is there anybody from the house of Saul to whom I can show mercy? For Jonathan's sake, and who comes? Ziba comes. He says, "Yes, there is one son called Mehvisobat. And then he adds one thing. What is that? He's yeah. a cripple. Yeah. Okay, he's a cripple. Okay, and you need to realize that is how the devil works. That is how the devil works. Okay, why is the, those things added? This is part of dissension. This is part of gossip. This is part of slander, which causes rifts. Immediately, somebody is brought low brought low, brought low in our eyes. Okay, immediately that is, you need to realize how subtle it is. Subtle it is. We need to understand how the devil works if you go to Romans chapter 16 and verse uh, 17 and then verse 18. I urge you brothers to watch out for those who cause, cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned and keep away from them okay for such people are not serving our lord christ but their own appetite by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the minds of naive people okay and we are talking about in the church mm. paul is talking about in which has been there from the beginning itself now there is sound doctrine which is fundamental to salvation and these people will bring in little things and try to divide the congregation. They will try to divide the congregation. That's how it, churches break. Because if you look at how they operate, and it can be in a family, it can be in a family, it can be in a workspace. But let's leave the workspace alone because we are asked to judge within the body of Christ. It can be in a home. okay? It can be in a, in a church setting or a Christian organization. And these are not small things. This is how the, the devil is constantly working on people. Okay. Constantly working on people. Constantly working on people. And we have to guard our hearts because you know what we hear. Okay, That's why one of the foundational things about it is that one about pride, Romans will, uh, Philippians will say, always estimate the others mm-hmm. better than yes, you. Yes. Okay, Better than you. And like we've been looking at examples like Pastor Vijay said about even about our young Deepika and all. You look at everybody, everybody is better than you in something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you are better than somebody else in something else. So we are all at par. Everybody is better. Somebody, some, So that gives you a very, at a very what you call it <laughs> you think about yourself normally <laughs> yeah, you <okay>? know, soberly <laughs> <You're> soberly <laughs> okay? sober estimation of yourself, okay, second thing is that envy comes in, okay, envy came in envy is what destroyed jacob's family, okay, envy is why the pharisees uh, I think the water is dripping from the a c just take a look or switch it off, yeah, it maybe switch it off yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, these are things we need to be very, very careful about. So, in the church, okay, like that's what we say, nip it in the bud. But, yes, you know, sometimes people don't understand what leadership does. Why is he doing like that? Why is pastors doing like that? The thing is that because the scripture says, "What is more dangerous than some of the very overt sins?" <laughs> Okay. That gossip and slander and decision dissension can destroy an entire church, well something else we are much worried about can be handled at an individual level okay. and paul was you know Paul has named people yes. in the Bible okay. one name is of course alexander uh-huh. that 's not Alexander the great the Alexander the terrible the coppersmith okay. Okay. <laughs> okay go to titus three <laughs> ten. When he, Titus is about what they should Titus should do in the churches, right? Chapter three: Warn a divisive person once, and then warn him a second time, and after that have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful, and he is self-condemned. Bah, what a statement! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oof, oof. <laughs> now we will say, okay. Now we we don't take this. Seriously, we look at other things as very seriously. But God knows what can destroy a church, what can destroy a home. God knows what can destroy it, you know. One, a divisive person once, and then one him a second time. There are people who come, and they will divide. Wherever they go, they bring division. No? Division. That's why we always say, and we say, please don't misunderstand it. We pray, Lord, just, we do not know, you know, just take divisive persons out. Let them go. Let let them go. You know them. We don't know them. You know? And most churches have been destroyed, not by the things which we think, which are big. It has been destroyed. Churches, I'm talking about organizations and churches, have been destroyed by divis- divisive people. And God takes this very, very seriously. If you go to Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you brothers, okay, it's a command, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. Okay? Because that's why we tell people, work hard. Because people who don't work hard, who have, who are idle, it's a devil's workshop. Okay, it's a proverb uh, from the world, but it is true. And they will start picking upon something. Okay, I remember in the old days when I had Bible studies all over the city, okay, at different, different places. Okay, and these are Bible studies, okay. And then suddenly these two brothers will appear for the Bible study. They will just come and disappear like the weather, okay, they will come. And after the Bible study is over, they will ask, Can we speak for five minutes? I'm wondering, when you just came, why do you want to speak? So, out of courtesy, we will say, Speak. Okay. No context, nothing that happened in the Bible study. They will suddenly open to the book of Corinthians and says a woman should cover her head. Okay. Suddenly the entire atmosphere has changed. Okay. Now this has got nothing to do with it. This. this is a Bible study. Men and women and children are all sitting and assisting, okay? You go to the next place. They are there to there too. Okay. Now, are these things there in the Bible? Yes, but it should be taught. It should not be used to bring division. Mm. Okay, there are things that are fundamental to salvation, and that's what we were looking about. Uh, about are we just? You no, know, about are we fair in these things? And you will see, they will—they have a pet doctrine. We call them a pet doctrine, and wherever they go, they will use that pet doctrine not to edify people. Though it can be used to edify, but to bring division. To bring division. Okay. I'm not saying these things are not important, but you have to look at how they will bring it and how they will cause a division. If you go to chapter, same chapter in verse 14. Okay. Verse 14. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. They do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Yeah. So he puts this, this thing, warn him as a brother, first time, second time, and after that, let them go. You no, know? because what we say in the medical term we use is that they are like gangrene. Yes. For gangrene, there is only one treatment. What is that? Oh, really? Amputation. Okay, otherwise it will eat up the whole body. So we have to look at it, you no? Know? So when God is talking about love, his love is tough. It is not the wobbly, sentimental kind of love. God's love is tough. And, I mean, how, that's what people will ask. How can a loving God send a whole lot of people to hell? That's because He is loving. Mm-hmm. Okay. And He's tough. It's a tough love. Okay. And we need to understand eternal consequences. So even though we talk about grace, it is not a false grace. It is a true grace. True grace Teaches a whole lot of things that also we see in the book of Titus. There's a false grace. False grace. Okay? Mm -hmm. We need to be very, very careful. The grace we talk about is a true grace. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men and teaches us to say no. Okay? Grace teaches, we only know about the grace which is preached in the world, which only says yes. But this is a grace that teaches no. No. Okay? It's mm. okay. so a grace that teaches yes, the grace that teaches no. And you are given a list here of seven things. And the seventh thing is the most dangerous in a church. Okay? In church. Now let us say there's an ex-murderer sitting in the church. He spent his time in prison, he's been released, he's sitting in the church, he's quiet. And there's this guy who has never been caught by the cops. But he's a gossiper. Let me tell you who's dangerous. Gossiper. <laughs> gossiper. Who's dangerous? Okay. Now we yeah, people, that's a murder. But the bad fellow is harmless. <laughs> he is broken, he's crying out to the Lord, he's asking. Okay. But there is another one. Okay. And that's okay, you look at Moses is an ex-murderer. What about Korah, Dathan, and Avira? Hmm. Caused dissension. Wow. By the time they finished, you know what happened? That, that, that first example. generation mm-hmm. was irredeemable. Mm-hmm. And they did it. They did it. Okay. They did it. Okay. And in the family, it started with uh, Miriam. It's Miriam. Okay. And these people will not tell you the real reason what is offending them. Miriam is offended because of um, Moses' Kushite wife. Okay, but they won't tell you that thing. But they will bring something very scriptural out and that is the reason we are opposing you. Okay, that's what's happening in each of these cases. Okay? So mm-hmm. The reason is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what they put forward is different. And we need to have the, we have to have the discernment to see through and first warn them as a brother. This is not nice. No. That is what the Bible talks about offense. Okay, offense. And uh, let me tell you, God in his mercy, when he tells us, be this, be this, be this, is to protect us. Why does he tell us to be humble? <coughs> because if you are humble, you won't be offended. You will not be offended. Because you realize, you know, I mean, you call a beggar a beggar, is he going to be upset? Hmm? Hey, what is your caste? <laughs> what difference does it make to the... No, I am a Red D beggar, does he say? <laughs> He doesn't say that. Okay? And that is what the Bible is talking about, you know? And these are deliberate things which you have to do, and you do it in your mind. Mm. You, God doesn't do it for you. Mm. He can create situations for you. That does, I mean, like I said on the Nepali meeting, God took all his wealth, God took all his children, and God took his health, complete health is probably disfigured by the state of his health. Why? Because this man is proud about his righteousness. Proud about his righteousness. God doesn't deal with everybody the same way. He deals with what is your core iniquity. Okay? You don't see God dealing with other men in the Bible as he dealt with Job. Okay? With Moses, what it is? He put him in his father-in-law's house for 40 years. Jacob, he made him serve his father-in-law for 20 years. But, Job is a different case altogether. All together. Okay. So sometimes the things we think are less dangerous are more dangerous. More dangerous. Okay. And we need to realize offense is a very dangerous thing. Okay. Hmm. Very dangerous thing. So this is where the Bible says humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And Resist the devil. Submit to God and resist the devil. And if we don't do that, the devil will win over us in so many subtle ways and we are not even aware of it, how it is. And what happens, we become somebody. I mean, you look at what envy did to Jacob's family. I mean, come to think about it. At the end of the day, he's just a 17-year-old brother. He's a young boy. I mean, how deep is the dissension in the house? Mm. That they are willing to sell their brother as a slave, kill an animal, and pretend before their father that their brother is dead, killed by some animals. I mean, how deep-rooted mm. it went in a family. Wow. So, if it can happen in a family, it can happen in a, a church. church. Yes, it can happen in a church. Mm-hmm. So, God is warning us. Okay, everybody over there, the entire Pharisee community knows Jesus is innocent. All he's innocent. Everybody knows he's innocent. What are they covering under oh he blasphemed God? That is their cover. Their only cover is that he blasphemed God. He said he was God. And under that cover, yeah, envy. okay, because they were envied. The real reason is envy. Okay. Under that cover, they did a mock crucifixion and a mock trial and allowed him to be whipped and to be crucified. And nobody is moved. Nobody is moved. <sighs> okay, nobody is moved. That's how it works. That's why these things are very, very dangerous. Just because we are saved from the penalty of sin does not mean we are saved from the power of sin. It's still working in our minds. That is why we need to con- do you know the way we got saved? What is that? We were justified by faith. So when God's spirit confronts you, do not justify yourself. Do not justify yourself. Okay. Do not justify yourself. Okay. How does Ahitophel justify what he's telling Absalom? How does he justify it? Why is he able to do all that? Because he's justifying it all based on an incident which took years and years and. Yep justify okay? And You know what happens? It leads to his own death. So we need to understand the devil works. I mean, family issues, husband and wife, parents and children, we need to detach ourselves and deal it with very objectively. Very, very objectively. And subjectively, the thing is that, like God, love them through it all. We will not allow, I wrote a line over here. What was that? Hate is like acid. It damages the vessel in which it is stored. Right? Hate is like acid. You see, acid cannot be kept in most containers. You need to have special glass. Acid needs special containers. And the heart of man was not meant to be the container of hatred. It will eat your heart off eat hatred, envy, jealousy, bitterness. This is all from. If you ask this question, why is this devil for six thousand years after man? What is? What are you going to get of it? It cannot help it. It is hatred and it's bitterness. Ask this question. Okay, you are kicked out of heaven, right? Did man do anything to you? No. No. Why are you after man? Because God loves man. (laughs) That is how I get back at him. What are you going to achieve by this? Nothing. Nothing. He knows his end. Nothing. Okay. And this is the nature the devil wants to pump into human beings. And that is the seven things listed over there is how people end up ultimately. You know, how they end up ultimately. If you look at this, this is the nature of the devil. This is what the devil is. He's proud. He lies through his teeth. If he has teeth, Okay? He's forever from the beginning till today he's been shedding. He's a murderer. That's what Jesus said. And his heart is forever devising wicked schemes. And by the time the 10th generation came and we are coming over here, we are right over here. Thoughts of people are only evil. Only evil. Evil means... I mean, even people who are working are always devising excuses. Wow! how to excuse why they are not working. Yes, that's true. That's true. The mind is already true. working. Yep. Right? Already working. The company says this is it. And he already working out lies and putting it in nice sugar coating. I mean, mind is constantly... Okay, the company puts pressure. But the fact is, you are under pressure. That does not mean you should lie. Mm-hmm. You should lie. Okay, Your faith should say that, you know what, I will say the truth and pay the consequences. Sure. The mind is constant. Conly, constantly, 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 and that's what they're, they're talking about, and they quit to rush into evil. false witness suppose out lies this is the accuser of the brother, okay. just because of the fact that he's been forgiven and he's been proclaimed not guilty, do you think the devil stops accusing people before God? no, no he no. doesn't. That's why all these things is written for our sake, not for his sake. He will still not stop accusing. But we are saying that you don't walk under condemnation because Christ is speaking up for you. okay? And a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Who is that fellow? It is the devil. He first created dissension. One third of the angels are simply gone. They are gone. You know how many billions they are? They are gone. And Noah's time, eight people rest gone. You look in humanity what he has done. 600,000 men God brought in. Two entered. Okay? And many went to hell. The rest just died without sin. He's that fellow who's been creating dissension among brothers. So when the Bible says six things God hates, seven is an abomination. Why is it? But this is who the devil is. The devil is. like they say in English, there's a devil in all of us. <laughs> okay? Identify that fellow. Okay, The old man is there. The The old man is always there. And that is why the the Bible says, renewing of the mind. And that's our biggest battle, is with our mind. If you win here, you win out. You lose here, you lose out. This is the battle. And that is why I have a block with the word of God. People's Mm -hmm. block with the word of God. Because the word of God will confront you. The -hmm. word of God will cut through. It will cut through between the soul and the spirit. Too. It will mm-hmm. cut through deep within where the intentions and the th- thoughts and intentions, everything is revealed. So people pick churches, which keeps them comfortable. And not confront them. Yeah. Comfortable, because it will not confront them. But they are doing them a disservice. Mm doing them a disservice it is it's not true because when you reach heaven you will start cursing those churches saying that i lost there i didn't gain there here you think you gain there but there you will realize you lost there because you know what at the end of the day you are running a race you are running a race and you cannot reach heaven without running a race and get rewards like i said this is eternal. There is no turning back. Yet, so, so you uh, want to add yes, something? Oh, no, no. I just
1: want to ask you one que- follow-up question on that. Yeah. So know that we Lutely, have. Lovely, un- loudly. <clears throat> <throat> so yeah. uh, Can you hear? Mm. So uh, now that we understood that there is a nature, mm. and then now that we've been, we've been justified, mm. how does the gospel help us to overcome it? What is the? What are the necessary steps? Like we understand when you receive the word, uh, we are mm. we are confronted. We understand that this is a nature that is that is there inside of us. And we are constantly, there's an old man. But how does a gospel in itself, uh, how do we
0: apply it? See, the first, the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Okay, mm. The kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God mm. is a matter of power, not a matter of talk. Yes. So there are two things that happens when God uh, redeems us uh, and makes us his children. One is authority. Mm. Okay, As many as who received him. He gave them actually the authority to become the sons of God. But we know authority has no meaning without power. Mm. All the disciples are born again. They have authority. But God says wait until you receive power. Okay? Until you receive power. And when you become power, when you receive that power, you already have authority. You are my, in my name, things can happen. You can do stuff. But you don't have power. To become my witness, the witness of his life. We know the term means martyr, meaning Mater. you die to yourself. So he is revealed. Mm. Okay, so these two things are there. We need authority, which I have given. We need power, power. but what is this both given for? It is given for that we become like him. Primary, okay, other than the serving of the propagation of the gospel, and at a personal level, two things are given: authority is given. Where do you get the authority from? The authority comes from the word. Mm. That is called truth. Yes. Okay. And power comes from the spirit, spirit which is mm. called grace. Exactly. So that's what he came with. He came with grace um, and he came with truth. Mm. And this is the only way mm. we will go yeah. through. Yeah. The mm. gospel is the gospel of grace and the gospel of truth. And Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace and the spirit of truth. You have to go with this all your life. A truth when you're hear, is not going to set you free because you don't have the power. Mm. You don't have the power. You have to go back to the Holy Spirit and say, help me. And these are mountains, these are blocks. Yes. And what so in Zechariah God says? it's not by might, it mm. is not by power, it is, by it is through my spirit. Mm. And He's talking, if you go there into that portion that is Zechariah chapter 4. 4. You no, know, you go there, and because I want to read the subsequent verses too. Oh, listen, three. Uh, 6, 7, 8 also. Not by might, not by power, but my spirit says the Lord Almighty. To Zerubbabel. Mm. What are you, O Mount, mighty, mighty Mountain? These are strongholds. Deep strongholds in our mind. Mm. Before Zerubbabel, mm. you will yeah, become level so ground. Level. Okay? Yeah. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless. Now you go to um, KJV. Uh-huh. This is which one is this? This is NIV. Oh, this is NIV. Let's oh. go to NKJV or KJV. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who art thou, O Great Mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. He shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings of crying what? Grace. 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 Grace made it into blessing because out of his grace we received blessing upon blessing. blessing. Basically, what is it? The cornerstone, the foundation stone was Jesus Christ. Oh. And all the work, all the way was the work of truth and grace. And when the final finished capstone is put on the church, it is also by grace and grace alone. Oh. Okay. And the devil will subtly try to to shift you from grace to your own works. Oh. Okay, and we have it. that's why he said if you go to Matthew chapter six you know, where he says verse 13, uh, seven thirteen, not six seven, seven thirteen and ninety, thirteen uh, thirteen and fourteen, Matthew seven, enter through the narrow the gate is very narrow. Okay? And let the world say you're very narrow minded. We are. Okay, because mm. when we got through that gate, uh, we lost our weight.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we, we are very narrow-minded because we entered through a very narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only few will find it. Okay, mm. find it. Now Jesus is talking about eternal life. And he's talking about, if you want to put in the context of the church, it is not that very few will be saved. Many will be saved. Very few will end up there victorious. Yes. Because of the nature of the deception that lies on the way. They will can't steal your salvation. So what does he do? He will steal your rewards. That is why we have to keep thinking on heaven. Mm. Keep thinking on heaven. Okay, you know what? It is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Even today, something happened. So, while the worship was going on, I had to give a text back by um, email back by saying from First Peter four thirteen and fourteen. Somebody went through a very bad patch. For the Lord's sake, and you have to always tell them, no, don't get depressed, don't get discouraged. What is that? Four thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. Rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you you are blessed blessed. for the spirit Spirit of of glory glory and of God rests on you. Otherwise, what will happen? You see, this is how the mind has to work. If you don't know your scripture, you will get depressed. Why were you there in this situation? Because Simply because you are a Christian and because of your testimony. They harassed you, they insulted you, they did all kinds of stuff for hours together over there in the police station. And now you go back and you are down. How do you come out? The spirit doesn't operate in vacuum. You have to give him the word to operate. If you don't give the word to the operate, the Holy Spirit will still wait there. Yep. He's got all the power, but yeah. you're you are not empowering him in your life, in your free will, choosing a promise to stand on. And this is the promise. Honestly, if you look at the promise and you receive the promise, you know what? Your spirit will lift Amen. and you'll forget. You know what? You start rejoicing. Yes. You know what? Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, wow. You will wow. No, you, you'll, you'll flip out of it. Flip out of it. No? And this is the situation no? when people talk about persecution and all that. You know, the, they sometimes get offended with me. You know, our churches, I'm talking about other churches, when they write to me, I tell them, you know, what does the Bible say? What well, The Bible says, are you being persecuted because of Christ? Yes. And what does the Bible say? Rejoice. Rejoice. Excellent. If you don't, God cannot work. But that's his promise. You rejoice, I will do. I will do. That's what he did with Paul and Silas. That's what he does with everybody. You choose to rejoice. How do you rejoice? It is written. That's your word. That's your promise. The Spirit of God lifts you up. I'm not saying in every case people come out of prison, but your spirit is no longer imprisoned. You're free. You're free. If you look at that situation, what is interesting is the doors are open. Nobody leaves. Think about any prison in the world. You go open the doors and leave it open. Everybody will run out. This is the only prison in history where the doors are open supernaturally. Nobody left. Nobody left. They were so caught up in the glory of the moment where the Spirit of God fell upon everybody. Goodbye. Nobody wanted to leave. Because for the first time they are experiencing liberty. Freedom, yes. They are experiencing liberty. Why do you want to leave a place of liberty? Hmm. It became a church service. Why do you want to leave? We will think liberty was in the world, but they were experiencing liberty in the prison. Oh. The Spirit of God is over there because two people chose to respond to a situation according to the Word of God. Okay, Often, we look at liberty as being outside. No, that's no. not what we are teaching in the church. Liberty is primarily in the mind. Oh. Otherwise, the richest people in the world should be all free people. They are the most miserable, in bondage People, they don't know what liberty is. <coughs> liberty is ultimately in the spirit, in the soul, in the mind. And it comes through truth and a truth grace. Jesus says, the truth will set you free. And he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all, all truth. truth. That is how we are. We are being progressively being set free. Nobody is fully free. Mm. But we are in a battle. The only thing is that don't give up the battle like Demas. Quit. Men love the world. What happened? He lost the battle. Because when he says he's going into the world, the enemy took over his mind. Promised him liberty over there. But he doesn't realize he's become a prisoner and gone. Okay? That's why we took about these three generations over there. First generation in Egypt, bondage of body, bondage of mind, cried out to the Lord. The Lord brought a savior over there, did magnificent things, brought them onto the wilderness. Now they are free in the body, they are bound in their mind. Mm. They are still enslaved in their mind. So they wander for 40 years. God took care of them. know, It sounds terrible, but God took care of them. He fed them, he clothed them, he protected them. That's the life of an average Christian. Feed you, clothe you, keep you. But they are not doing anything for God. Did these people do anything for God? Nothing. You look at an average Christian in any church, what does he do for God? Nothing. What is his testimony? I have food, I have clothes, our house, Our job. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's what they also sell, And they lived a better life than us. We worked for that. They didn't even work for it. They got it free. <laughs> and they never had to call a doctor. Oh. Mm. Never had to There I was none feeble or ill among them. But if you look in the spiritual point of view in eternity, <laughs> what a miserable life. Miserable life. Eternity, how do they end up the as? Nothing. And the next generation fought. Now they had to fight. They are already free in the body, mm. free in the body, but they have to fight for the freedom. Freedom in their mind. mind. Yes, mm-hmm. you have to pro- possess that promised awesome. land, and from there the battle begins, and it's the battle of faith. Mm. They have to fight by faith and the mm. power of God. But as they start winning, they get more and more and stronger and stronger and stronger. Okay, and God is not. Insulted or anything to the point Joshua can't stop. Wow. That's amazing. Listen, God, mm. listen to a man. He said, "That's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do." So, what I'm looking for, and that's what Jesus also says. You know what? You need to have that. I said, "Greater things than things you shall do. Shall do." Okay, and that's what, you know what? I'm not boasting. We have done more things than Jesus has done. I have preached in more languages than Jesus did. <laughs> I have traveled in more countries than Jesus did, and he is not offended. <laughs> he's not offended. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's not offended. Okay. You look at it, he's not offended at all. Okay, I'm, I'm, There is no one bone of envy in Jesus. <laughs> he is very thrilled about his younger brothers and sisters. He says, I want you to do more than me. Okay, because it gives my father great pleasure. Yes. Because he loves us all, all the same way. You know, and you have to, otherwise we will not win this battle. These battles are very, very serious. People are bound in their mind. You can And one, like, we've been looking at the biggest block is pride. Hmm.
2: Pride.
0: It actually, is pride. <laughs> actually,
1: uh, mm. I was uh, listening to a documentary on C.S. Lewis. Mm. Um, they were on C.S. about C.S. Lewis. Mm. Uh, the guy who was telling the doctor, speaking about him, he was saying, C.S. Lewis was the fri- f- the freest man, my, man I ever saw in my life, I came across in my life, mm-hmm. simply because he would rejoice in everybody's success. success. And he would enjoy himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that, that's remarkable. Okay. He would rejoice
1: in everybody's success. simple skin. thing.
0: You know, I mean, <laughs> honestly, until, I mean, <clears throat> also it's all got to do with upbringing and all, but all that has to be broken down. Oh, that's where yeah. teaching comes in you know we all come from dysfunctional families but that should not be an excuse it's a reality but should not become your excuse okay like uh i think i had a good family i don't think we brothers and sisters were ever jealous or mm. anything about each other we always took care of each other and always the elder ones took care of the youngest one that is why even now my elder now they the unbelieving ones are offended with me Only because of my faith and Mm. nothing else. Because they think like, they think about him and me that we wasted our life after all this education and career investment and also they think that way. Okay. But other than that, they have, we have never had issues. We never had issues as brothers or sisters. We never had any issues. Okay. And think about as a church like that. Church like that, no? No, we rejoice in our brother's success yes. and all. No? We rejoice yes. in their success. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> and it's simple, simple thing. No? And the same thing. Take it. In, the thing is that people are not able to see the church as a real family. Mm. A real, real. It's a real family. It's an eternal family. Okay. And when you come, that things, things, you break those things down. That we rejoice in somebody's success. And we grieve over somebody's loss, failure. Yes, loss, failure. Yes, absolutely, no? absolutely. Failure. No? Some of the ones who are not failure, we push them and push them and push them and push them. Get something, do something, get something, do something. Okay, come on. Okay, And we are not condemning them at all. Yep. <laughs> we are not condemning at all. Okay? The same thing that happens in a family. Right yep. you know, somebody, you know. <laughs> but when I now look at Siri, you know it's really exciting because she's a special needs child, yeah, yeah. but in the past few months, how the child has changed, she's very confident, her English has changed, her math has changed, her language has changed. You no know? honestly, I'm telling you, if you put her on par with many of our normal children, she's far better. Mm. she's far better. She's far, far better. And she's much more disciplined than most children. Of course we get thrilled. Nobody's that. Your child, no, he's a special child. And so says the system. It's a special child. But there's not a single morning where I have woken up and not heard her get up on her own and pray first. Every morning I can hear her pray. And mm. pray. Okay. Every, I mean, think about how many of our children pray on their own at mm-hmm. that age. Mm. Absolutely. Many of them. Every day she does her devotions. Okay. Every day she learns her memory words. Okay. And now she's academically also doing well. You feel excited. Okay. No. You feel excited. Okay. Honestly, I could look at her and say, you know what, spiritually she's doing better than my own children. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 Much more disciplined. Okay, and don't we get excited? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Excited. No. And that's what you're talking about. It doesn't matter who is in the church. It's a family, and when people do well, when ask me, especially as a pastor, I get excited only when people do spiritually well. Mm. Okay. I don't get excited with people who do otherwise well and spiritually they are not interested and I don't want to go show it to somebody in your school or college. Okay. I want you to first be this way. Because I have seen enough of that. Enough of that (laughs) in our life we have seen it and we have seen how people ended up successful without God. So work hard and all that is good. But when I don't see you at spiritually. But when we see spiritually people do well, no? A little change happening, we notice it immediately. It doesn't miss our eye. And we get excited. We get excited. Okay? And that's what the Bible is talking about. A lot of things would be, would be solved in the, in the, in the body of Christ if we only really saw ourselves as a family. Mm. A real family. And there's no room, honestly, for envy. Of course, uh, Jacob cost much of it by giving his, but our God is not partial. Yep. God is not partial. He does not partial. He is just. Yeah. He will reward hard work. Absolutely. He's just, but he's not partial. Mm-hmm. He's not partial. Yet he is very kind and sympathetic to the weaker ones. Because, eh, smoking flax, he will not put up, mm. and eh. Bruce Reed, he will not break. So that way you will see his absolute. Love. We have to think about being just like him. One rewarding those who work hard and giving the extra boost to the one who is very weak. Okay. And if you look at it, you actually look at what God is, and then you will realize you will never become that without him. Mm. Yet that is what we are called to okay. be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And therefore, what makes it?
1: It is these two things, grace and truth. Yes, Pastor we, we dealt quite a bit on the first question, Pastor. It is a big question. <laughs> so let's go to the second one. I mean, again, it's uh, on the similar lines. What about, oh, this is question number two, okay. Um, in Matthew chapter 18 verse four, Jesus asked us to come with childlike faith. Hmm. What are some ways we can humble ourselves as little children? He also said, if you are, if you're being, if you are being evil and know how to give good gifts to your children, what about the Father in heaven? Uh sometimes when we as children ask our dad for something we know when to get it and uh, what we want. But that is not humbling, that is being smart. So how do we decide? <laughs> yeah. Time? Okay.
0: Let's look at that two questions. Yeah, so the part A and part B of that question. One of when it's when it talks about childlike faith, remember in a childlike faith there is uh innocence. Okay, there is innocence, okay, and there is trust. Oh. There is trust. Okay, yeah, there is trust. And uh, it's also because of we have protected them. And uh, in a sense, and trust comes of two things. One, we have protected their minds. Second, they have, we have built their trust. Oh. Okay. Children start losing trust in their parents because we broke their trust. That's why when we talk about mm, parents, we say, if you promise your child that I'll get you a chocolate, Remember, you must have been busy the whole day in the office, not the child. The child, the entire mind is yes. when daddy comes in the evening, my chocolate will come. Okay? So when you reach you open the bell, they will come and say, Where's my chocolate? And you oh I am sorry. You no, know, go back and get it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot, but you are important. That was my word to you. That was my word to you. You know what? I'm that's why we have to be very, very careful. We'll start losing trust because we thought these little things did not matter to us, therefore it did not matter to them mm. okay so the promises you make you keep the promises you make to them you keep otherwise don't make promises always put a condition I will see I will see okay that's how trust that's what Jesus is talking about when you come to God, come with a Childlike trust it. faith, what is no. a childlike trust is his faith, what is that? Uh, my father never has broken a promise, and he has the power to keep it mm. no? that's what it means Anyone who comes to God must believe that he is mm. what mm. is he He's faithful mm. Mm. and he's a rewarder he'll always do what he says oh. huh. he'll always do this, what he says okay that's okay, and the second thing is that you know <coughs> i've said this many times. But it was really because God taught me a lesson, starting standing there in Kalyan railway station. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> taught me a lesson. Okay, I had gone to Mumbai for my first many many years, two thousand four, I think. So it's almost seventeen years ago. Okay, and I was staying with David, Anilami, me, and Noela. Only one kid came with me. What happened was we stayed in their relative's apartment, which was empty, and then they were staying for the next three. I was there only for one night. And I said, I'm coming back. So David said, I will drop you at the station. And then I need to call, go back and uh, drop me at Kalyan Station. And Nola and I were standing. And around five minutes for the train to come. And the announcement has come. Then I put my hand into my pocket and found out the pocket had a hole. And my ticket was gone. I don't know anybody in Mumbai. And David said, I will switch my phone off because I'm going in for a meeting. <laughs> Here I am, stuck in Mumbai, <laughs> Kalyan Station, with a hole in my pocket. Ticket is gone. Train is announced. And who do I say anything to? So I looked at Noyla and said, she's just less than 10 years old, 9 years old or something. looked at it and said, honey, dad lost his ticket. She looked at me and said, Okay. <laughs> basically she's saying okay i mean so i good. never had to handle your problems <laughs> you always <laughs> handle my problems so i know it is going to be okay okay and you know what happened i said lord help me like i, I keep saying you know one of the books i know after the bible was always a railway time those days i used to travel every six months i buy i don't even buy the local ones i buy the general ones all in their time. i know every rule in the railway this thing. i knew it all so i just prayed lord make away you wouldn't believe my compartment stops over there and the tt is standing by the door so i went to this tt and said i know my um, seat number and my coach number i lost my ticket he said with the child just get it I got in and sat in my seat. Nobody's going to sit on your seat because mm. you have lost your ticket. So he comes back later and he said, now what do we do? I said, this is what the law is. Mm-hmm. This is what you, ha-. he said, thank you sir. I forgot what to do for <laughs> the <last> <laughs> ticket. <laughs> <coughs> this is what you do. And he wrote that from this thing, whatever extra you had to pay, like this thing, okay. But the Lord was telling me, did you see? Your child was not afraid. Mm. Child was not afraid. She was not afraid. She was not bothered at all. She didn't lose her joy. She didn't lose her peace. Nothing at all. Why? Mm. It's a problem. Because, why? Because she, her dad would take care of it. And he said, you know what? When you come to God, come with like that. Mm. Okay. My dad will take care of it. No? Dad, dad, it's a simple thing. Mm. No? When you come to God, anyone who comes to God must believe that he is. What is he? One is faithful. He is, never breaks a promise. Three, so he is all powerful. Mm. No, No, we are not. That's what God is saying. You evil fathers know how to give good things Mm. that is within your power and within your goodness. (laughs) How much more your father in heaven. Okay? How do your father? And that is how we come to God. We come to God with a childlike faith. Okay? Childlike faith. And that's how David comes. Mm. You know, no man goofed up like David Mm. goofed up. But every time he'll come back and God will smack him a couple of times and say, "After it doesn't matter, you are my child. He Pastor, comes back as a child.
1: Yeah, I, I, Pastor, this morning, uh, actually, Peter was uh, singing that song, no? mm-hmm. uh, thank you Jesus, that song. He was saying, Abba Father. He was mm-hmm. uh, singing that, he introduced us, we were singing that, Abba Father, Abba Father. Okay. One of the struggles that I've, I mean, we have often seen also in our own, in my own life also, mm-hmm. to, act, uh, to really have a proper understanding of the relationship between me and God as a father. So That's where that the is, devil that, up. So that, is, that is one of the reasons why I think many of them, many of the believers also struggle, because uh, they think that God is a hard taskmaster or is a disciplinarian or whatever the whatever the uh, pre- prejudices or preconceived notions that we have. So how do we break and un- have a clear understanding? Because when, we, when you're saying that childlike faith, it applies to everybody. I mean, we are, you're giving... It, it like
0: applies. The, see, that's yeah. what the devil has done from the beginning. <laughs> if you see it, the entire narrative on the system that's happening, the attack is on fatherhood.
1: Because I've never seen in our... Okay. I mean, at least a very few times, I think we have actually sung that song, really convinced Abba Father. Uh, maybe in that one, one song, because it's very difficult to say that, actually. Uh, that's
0: why Jesus came hmm. to show us what the father is like. And most of the issues children face in life is because of the, the wrong concept, the broken homes, because of the missing father. And because when he comes, and Jesus says, "Pray, our Father, mm. and what is the image you carry? Yes, the exactly. image you carry is the image of your father, but that is the and that is why uh, we have to be very careful now that we have learned the truth, understand the truth, and the young men who are not married, and know uh, when you I mean you have a grand start when you get married and become fathers, because you understand what a father is more much more better than we did when we got married mm. and have our children you know and the the crisis in the world that we see today is one the wrong picture of the father and the second is the absent father in wow. the lives mm. of the children mm. okay lives of the children the mother cannot Ever replace the father. father, Yes, Cannot replace the father. She does a good job and she does try to do a double job. But it cannot replace the father. Because you're talking
1: about, even in the morning, you're talking about Mm -hmm. Joseph, that Jesus got mentored by his His father. 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 By his earthly father. That was remarkable. I mean, we never even thought thought If you look at him, you look at his
0: father. He's silent. But that's what, most fathers are silent. But the, the impression they leave on their children is powerful, negative or positive the mother must be the one who's talking to the most but the father is is like like especially for the sons the father is the person that's why you always hear me talk about my father and very less about my mother <laughs> if you do ask me about my mother i'll tell you all the dishes she cooked for me <laughs> right from the beginning till yesterday i can tell you the stuff she cooks but if you look at the impression that is there always has been my father and what do i choose to do I choose to remember my father when he was sober and not when he was drunk. I don't want to think about that. I don't know. That's not him. Mm. What he was was what he was sober. When he was sober, he was a great man. He was a great A lot of stuff I learned before I got saved. I learned from him, looking at him and the stuff. And then, like I said, here is my father, two men in my life before I got saved. Here is my father. He drinks, he smokes, he chews tobacco, Everything. Then I, at the age of eleven or twelve, am dropped in Kerala with my grandfather. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't chew tobacco. He has no vices at all. Two polar opposites when it comes to habits, but otherwise both the same. What do you see your father do? You always see him reading. Mm. Okay. What does you your grandfather do? You always see him reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My grandfather is such a man that if he doesn't have anything to read at the age of seventy-eight, he will sit and read the dictionary, learning new words. Too <laughs> <laughs> okay. much. And I was scared to, because I have to go to my bedroom, pass through his bedroom, with all kind of houses with so many rooms, and he would suddenly catch you and ask you the meaning of a word. <laughs> okay. So, you had, powerful mentors whom you saw in your life, you saw their life, and you know what? It had a very positive impact on you. Mm. But if you do not have those kind of mentors, then you have to reorient your mind still. Mm. That is not the real. There is something that is real. Okay, <coughs> And uh, God doesn't put severity first. He puts kindness first. Okay, Our fathers very severe, of course. I don't think my mother ever spanked me. She couldn't get me to spank me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, she never spanked
0: me. My father, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> he whooped me like practically every second day I got. <laughs> okay, That was a severe deal. But now you think about You don't even think about it severe. Yeah. You laugh about Absolutely, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, all you think about is, is, uh, is his goodness. Who taught me to read? My father. Who taught me over the value of time? My father. Who taught me how to play badminton? My father. Who taught me how to play football? My father. Who taught me how to play chess? My father. Who taught me how to read? My father. And when I was in Kerala, every year they come. You know what my father used to do? The nearest town before they bought their train, he will buy one bundle of books for me, all the novels, okay? And so he And what does my mother bring? She knows there's one thing you get there which you don't get in Kerala, which is Alubuja. You know, she likes I likes me. <laughs> so my mother will have in a suitcase three packets of Alubuja, my father will have twenty five books. Okay. And then when he grew old, he retired, and he was living in Kerala. You know what I did? Bundle. I bought every time and home, I bought one bundle of books for and that's all he wanted. He'll sit there and read, okay, so you need to have mentors. you need to have mentors, okay, Our children need mentors and Jesus came to say is that you evil fathers know how to give good things to your children, how much more your father in heaven. So Our basic idea is our issue is is like we said that's where also you need to have peace in the home, mm. peace in the home, okay um, uh, Parents need to resolve their conflicts. Otherwise, it will affect their children. Have to resolve their conflicts. That's why the Bible says, uh, be married to a believer. Because then you have an... It's not that because you marry a believer, you will not have conflicts. But you have access to the solution of conflicts. Okay? If you want to resolve a yeah. conflict, like yeah. you go to the police station, or you go to court, who's resolving the on what basis is your case being resolved? There is an IPC code. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, it is only based on that the resolution is come, not on what the judge feels. When a judge says he says on under section whatever this this thing, he makes a resolution. The problem is when a believer marries an unbeliever, there is nothing common to stand on. There
2: mm.
0: is nothing common. To stand on. So when believers marry, they need to be first genuinely believers. Mm. And they should have be surrendered to the word of God. Otherwise it's very difficult to counsel. I've had many counseling but it is impossible. Because one party refuses the word. You can't do nothing with them. Though the problem is there and it is so, so, the solution is easy. But one party has to accept the solution is the word of God. You no. Know? So first when you have these kind of situations in a home, the first thing you know, as young people, one thing is that you, you have to do is Be equally yoked with a believer. Equally yoked with a believer. When I talk about an equal yoking, I'm not talking about a spirit perfect, I'm not. I'm talking about is that if you are a girl, (coughs) always marry a boy who is spiritually mature than you. (coughs) That's the way it should be, not the other way. If it is the other way around, you will always push because he will not lead. And if he leads, he will lead you the wrong way. He'll lead the wrong way. No. Now we have push and pull trains. (laughs) That is not what (laughs) that is not what a marriage is supposed to. Okay, honestly be wise. Okay, be wise. Okay? Now if you look at it, Joseph and Mary. Mary is the immature one. So the angel has to come personally, she has to see him, hear his words. And she has to be told. Joseph doesn't need. He's a mature, he's a mature, mature man. doesn't need one drink. Absolutely. He immediately got up and obeyed one drink. And every time he just needs a drink. He obeys. No this thing at all. But if it was given to leading to Mary, she will say no, because Gabriel hasn't come. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So even when God chooses, you no, know, God chooses, we need to understand. These are simple fundamental principles. You look at that, it will work. And when you have something like that, what has happened, the second thing to, to have, because, because children are coming, children are growing. The second thing to resolve in a home over there is that, you know, the biggest issue between a husband and wife are not the conflicts they have. It is pride. Hmm. It is pride. Pride is the biggest stumbling block in a marriage. It's pride. Pride will destroy a marriage. Will destroy a marriage. Mm. And that is where we have to learn to talk the issues and then forget it. Yep. Pride will focus on the person. Mm. Okay. Let me ask you this question to the married people sitting over here. If your mind thinks about your spouse, you are angry or upset and it is not resolved, okay, then there is an issue. Yep. Mm. Like I said on the Thursday <coughs> meeting. Today's anger is not the problem. Yesterday's anger is the problem. Today's anger is never a problem. Yesterday's is. The sun shall not go down on your anger. If it has gone down, then it is a problem. Yesterday's anger is a problem. It is not today. Today's issue which I had with my wife is not a problem because I will go back and resolve it. There's no problem, but I will go resolve it. But if there is yesterday's which is unresolved, my today is, ups, is, is messed up. Yep. It is messed up. And that is where issues happen. That is where issues happen. With children, it's a different thing. You give them space. They may carry this thing. But if you know you are fair and you are just, when they get married and have their children, you will see, you know what? Oh, daddy was fair. Mommy was just. But then they will understand. Sometimes you cannot explain it to children. Mm. They have to become a parent then they will understand, oh, this is why daddy did this way, this is why mommy did this way. They will understand it, okay? Because it's a difference. It's like, you know, uh, I think is that famous uh, Hindi novelist uh, called Premchand, right? Premchand. Prem yeah, yeah. Premchand. I think he's the one who writes this short story about a panchayat election or something. Amr- 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 Amrita Pritam or Premchand, okay? He talks about this guy. He's not a good, decent guy. He's a crooked guy. And then he wins the election. But when he wins the election and becomes the Punjab president, he changes completely. Yeah. So somebody goes and asks him, what happened to you? He said, I don't know, but the seat changed mm-hmm. me. It's William Beckett also. Yeah. <laughs> <a> Beckett <story laughs> William, also. the Archbishop mm-hmm. of Canterbury, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. murdered in the cathedral, okay. Yes, the yeah. seat changes you. But here maybe you don't see that happening in today. <laughs> they are changing the seat. <laughs> okay. Okay. But what I'm saying is that only when responsibility changes people, Mm. you suddenly realize so, no. and uh, these are fundamental issues where people face people face is when uh, but you cannot change it god is a father you cannot change this god is a father and he is the father and we have to and the church has to change it because the church may be full of people who have come from broken dysfunctional homes and they have a what idea about who the father is and therefore what happens the church has to change that and it is upon us it is upon us to change the picture. Okay, we are kind and we are severe. But mm-hmm. even when we are severe, we don't break people. Amen. We don't break people. We are always kind, you know, because our God is kind. Okay. Till when? Till He comes back. The so only ones we are careful about is ones who cause dissensions. Mm-hmm. With them, we are very, very careful. <laughs> Why? Not with them, because we are careful for the others. Yes, others. So whenever there was an issue mm-hmm. like that and happened in the church, what did I do? I got all the young ones and said, Close your ears. Don't mess up your minds. It's got nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Close your minds and stay out of it. Okay? No? Stay out of it. Otherwise, what will happen? It will mess mess you up. Whenever church splits and all have happened, when the leadership having dealt that way, what has happened is it's messed up the churches. Mm -hmm. Broken into, splintered into groups and also we have to protect them. We have to protect the young ones and that's why we tell parents, when you and your wife have a issue, shut the door. Mm. Even if your children are small, put something for them which they like and say watch, daddy and mommy are talking. They should not hear. Because simple language none of their business. Yes, exactly. One, they should always grow up in an atmosphere which is secure. Exactly. No insecurity should come into their minds. The house say, should be a home, should be a secure place. There should be no insecurity over there. And as young families, we have to, you apply these principles. When God creates no insecurity with us, you are saved, you are saved. If you are genuinely saved, you are saved. He says, I'll beat the daylights out of you. That doesn't unsave you. I'll beat you all, like Indian, you remember about that, um Punjabi guy or boy or this thing? In US, you know what? He filed a case against his father for abuse or whatever and the father had to be go to the police station, go to jail and come out and, and then after things were all resolved, the father didn't say anything. He came, they, they came to India for a visit. From the airport <laughs> till <tilting> the home, <laughs> the father beat the son up. <laughs> <laughs> From Delhi to Chandigarh, chappas ne vahra. <laughs> Where did you get this culture? <laughs> okay. Okay. That is our God. All the way home, he will spank you. He will spank you.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: He will spank you. So don't understand, don't go by this western philosophy and all. That is a reprobate (laughs) this thing. Stick to the Christian this thing. Our father won't let go of us. He will, he will beat us all the way Mm. to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we need to understand this because God disciplined, like I am one son, child in the family. Like if you have, I am the youngest. There are four of them. I got probably no, I, I there's no comparison. I don't think my eldest brother got beaten. <laughs> I don't think my second brother must have gotten a few. Elder sisters never got. And I got in like in, <laughs> there is infinity. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tongue you can. No, but you know what? I'm the one who saved. Them. Mm. And when you are saved, okay, I really, I remember okay. these old time pastors who will make these good cracks, okay, with really good cracks. If you are the first one to be saved in your family, do not be proud. It just means God saved the worst one. <laughs> <first. laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. Because honestly, if <laughs> you were to talk to my mother or father when we were young, and talk to them about salvation, and say, among your five children, who do you think cannot be saved said the youngest one impossible okay so god knows what he's doing okay god is not like what he think about we need to have those picture and jesus showed the severity of god okay when he was looking at the pharisees was very severe mm. okay and he also the kindness of god with the broken the poor the sinners he saw this kindness and we need to have those picture and at no point did he dilute god's yes, truth yes yes you know? That is our struggle. Mm. Our struggle is holding the scales, the balance, grace and truth. Grace tilts this way or tilts this way to hold it balance. So sometimes we will preach on grace, then we will come back to truth <laughs> and then we will go back to grace because we have to handle the balance so that people will not become liberal, people don't become Pharisees. <laughs> okay? So it is like it's it's a struggle. Why? Because the gospel has been perverted. So it is not easy. It is not easy, so we have to keep on trusting God to balance, 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 Mm. balance, because you have to hold on to God and He's a Father.
1: Hmm. Pastor, I think you can only take one more last question. Mm -hmm. I think we should take the controversial question today. Which one? This is 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 question number three. I'm not going to mention the name. Okay. Mm, uh, There's quite a few in the ministry who did their masters in theology or divinity in seminary have been renouncing their faith in public and also have become anti-Christians. One such person is so-and-so. Yeah, take that.
0: That's on the system? That's on show? Only for us. Okay. Okay.
1: okay. Mm. Uh, So-and-so, master's degree in literature, etc. Research-oriented master's in divinity degree, apologetics, a research-oriented degree from Luther, Rice University, etc. Comes from an unbelieving background Mm. and now she's an ex-Christian. Now all over social network on debates and and set out to exposing Christianity, with other ex pastors etc. She has much of theological principles understanding uh, has understanding in theological principles, but using it to hammer God and His children. It's heartbreaking. Wondering if they were ground in their salvation before, and what makes them to take such drastic
0: steps. <clears throat> Well I mean in this case or cases like this, one of the things which I understand is that they were never saved in mm. the first place. Mm. Okay. First place. They were not genuinely saved. See, like like I said, salvation is a it's it's an experience. It's of mm. the heart and the mind. Yes. The heart and the mind. It's not the mind alone. It's the mind and the heart. The Pharisees knew the scriptures, but the heart never changed. Okay, and a lot of people like this happen. They come from non-Christian backgrounds, they accept Christ, and then they go abroad. Everybody wants to go to America. Okay. And if you don't get in anywhere, you'd go do a master's in divinity. And you go to one of these mainline universities, seminaries, where they teach you not to believe in God. Yeah. So true. Okay. So they come back. With all these, uh, what you call it, higher criticism and uh, all those stuff which are all German f- philosophers and this, I mean, they they have broken down scripture where it is just theories. And, uh, they didn't break it properly. Okay. They mess up your mind completely. And they come back as literally as reprobates. Okay. Mm. Yes, reprobates. Okay, and that's what has happened to the entire Europe. This thing over over there, the people sitting over there, and you know what? And the the theories, so many of the theories supporting homosexuality and transgenderism, it's all now coming out of the church. Yeah. Coming out of the church. So this is what the problem happens. You know what happens um, when the the city that was supposed to be on the hill or the the light becomes a darkness. How great. And how great is the darkness. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That's where the problem yeah. happens. But in many, many of these cases, of many of them where I have seen, is that they were truly not saved. they were truly not saved. They were just you no, know, it was an intellectual this thing. See, an intellectual thing you can always change. But the heart cannot be changed. Mm. Heart cannot be changed. Okay. Your ideas can change. But your heart cannot change. So salvation is first a matter of the heart. Mm. You believe in your heart. You believe in your heart. Faith is a matter of the heart. Hope is a matter of the mind. But they go together. So if your heart has not changed and intellectually accepted Christ, you can intellectually accept another idea and reject this. But if your heart has changed and your mind is being changed, you hear another idea your heart still says it is not true because I know him. Yes. You go to uh, Timothy, what Paul talks mm. about. You <coughs> no? Second Timothy chapter. Five. Second Timothy chapter 1. I'm no yeah. I know whom I have believed. Chapter 1. Yeah. And verse 12. Second Timothy chapter. Yeah. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom mm. I have believed. These people say I know what I have believed. Mm. I don't believe that anymore. That's the difference between the whom and the what. Okay? Okay? The whom and the what. Okay? And you need to understand, when you're talking about whom, we are talking about God. And that's why God keeps on saying, He never changes. Now, this is like in the previous question, this is some of the issues people face in marriage. Because people will come and say, you know, no? Yes, I loved him, or I loved her. But that's not who she is now, or what, who he is now. The person has changed. When I first met him or her, she was like that, he was like that. But the person has changed. Change for what? Not for the better, it's for the worse. worse. But when it comes to God, God is always the same. Mm. He's infinitely loving, kind, holy, righteous. He never changes. When Paul says, you know what? I know in whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What is saving him is not his theology. What is saving him is the person to whom he committed his life. Mm. But intellectual believers are believing on an idea. But the idea is not going to save you, even if it is true. The person behind the idea who is going to save you. So if you receive, because many of the philosophies on the world are very powerful. Mm-hmm. The gospel is very simple. And the simplicity of gospel is centered over the work and the life of a person. Okay. If you listen to Buddha's Principles. Very powerful principles. Islam, Sharia. Any religion you take, Hinduism, Hinduism, I mean, religion is full of philosophers and philosophies. Mm. Very powerful. But do you know the name of any philosopher in Hinduism? You don't know them. You know their philosophies. You don't know the philosophies. You know the Vedas. Who wrote the Vedas? Do you know who wrote the Vedas? No. You don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't matter who wrote it. Mm. But that is not what Christianity is. So mm. when you become a Christian, In your mind, believing in exposing the theological arguments of Christianity without Christ, you can have another argument and you will say, you know what, that argument sounds better. Because without Christ, all the arguments he (coughs) will take All the arguments are say do good to the others, do what you want others to do, do to them, do not kill, do not lie. What is different between um, with that and the other religions? Which other religion will teach you to kill or to steal? No religion teaches you that. So it becomes par. And then you look at other religions, then the philosophy and all these things sounds better. So now I don't believe. And you use what you learned here against it. Okay, And that's what people do. People will take the entire Old Testament and use that against Christianity. saying, so look at your God. This is what God did. Mm. But they don't tell you the whole picture. Yes. They don't tell you the whole picture. If that God went to China and killed people, that God came to India and killed, killed people, that God went to Africa, he didn't do any of that. He yeah. only said one place. It's my real estate. Yeah. I've given it to my people. Move out. And yeah. I'm giving you... Notice. Your landlord gives you two months notice or three months notice. God gave them 450 years notice. notice. Please move out. (coughs) My people are coming. And when they came also they had an option. Just surrender. They'll say, no, we will fight. And God being the owner has a right to give it to anybody he pleases. It's as simple as that. Okay? And those who deceived them and made a covenant with them, God honored it. Yes. Five hundred years later, mm-hmm. God still honored a covenant that was made in deception because it was made in his name by his people who did not ask him. Mm-hmm. That is our God. Yeah. They, don't the right? mm-hmm. they don't see the whole picture. They don't see the whole picture. Our God it doesn't change. The elders did not seek with God. They made a covenant with the Gibeonites. Now Joshua is gone. Judges is gone. Saul is there. And Samuel's season is over. Saul goes and kills the Gibeonites in zeal. David is king. How many hundreds of years have passed away? Famine first year, second year, third year he goes, ask Lord, what has happened? He says, because Saul killed the Gibeonians. But aren't there our enemies? Yes, but they made a pact with you. And I honoured it because they made it in my name. That's our God. That's our God. You see, they will use, pick this thing and they will use it. Why? They were never saved. They were reprobates. They were reprobates. And all these things are there. And we shouldn't get bothered by these people. Mm -hmm. No, we shouldn't get bothered by people, and that should also actually keep k- make us be wary. Is my faith intellectual, mm-hmm. or is my faith from my heart? Okay, is my faith only based on what is written, yeah. or all, also on the person? Mm-hmm. Of Jesus. Yes, is, yes, right? yes that's person. <laughs> okay, person. That is why the Bible, Jesus tells to Nicodemus very clearly: you have to be born again. It's an experience, right? When a child is born, it's an experience. You know, something happened. It came out of the womb. and came out completely. There's something that happened over there. It came out of darkness, literally, into light. Right. Everything changed. Okay? So when you are born again, everything changed. Everything changed. But the fundamental issues that has happened is that Many churches automatically assume, because you come from a Christian family, you're born again. You're not. You have an intellectual understanding of Christianity, like a Hindu has an intellectual understanding of Hinduism. A Muslim has an intellectual understanding of Hinduism. That's all you are. A Christian in your head. But you're not born again. And you have to be born again. And born again is not easy. That's why it's called labor pain. The child has to push her way through or his way through. Has to Leave that old space and push through. And you know what? We are still pushing in our mind. Yeah. We are still pushing in our mind to leave that old space which we lived in and coming out more and more. Into that. It's a battle. It's a battle. It's painful. Amen. It's painful because you live there. <clears throat> You're very comfortable there. And now you know you can, if you live there, you will die. Mm-hmm. You know? If the child is not born, the child will die in the womb. It has to be born. It's labor pains. So it is painful. It has to push your way through, and you know what? Are we born again? Yes, but we are still being born again, yes, our mind is still being renewed and, and renewed, and it is, and it is not easy, and some of the things which we have not let go is not new, it is very, very old, old because we refuse to let go of it. It's mm. These are strongholds. We refuse to go in because, you know what? It feeds to our ego. Mm. It feeds to our pride. It feeds to our own opinions. Mm-hmm. Though deep inside we know it's our opinion and not God's. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We, like the devil, will search scripture to support that opinion. Though we know the scripture does not support that opinion. And we fight these things. And God's, God, is, God is patient. God is patient. He's with. He keeps on. And one day, we'll break it down. No, it will break it down and then we are free. It's a battle. It's a battle. You know, until we live in this body, it is a battle. So these people are there. People like that is there and should it? No, it should, it shouldn't bother us too. We are called to do our job. Mm. Ultimately, everyone who will be saved will be saved. Yes, exactly. That does not mean we sit there and do nothing. Mm. That is God's part. Our part, we have to do everything we are called to do. Yes. And when these things happen, don't worry. Just pray your way through. Pray for those people that they will one day repent and come back. They may. They may not. No, even Judas felt remorse. Yes. Technically, in his intellectually, he repented, but he could not bring a change of heart. That's what it says about Esau. Okay. When you have an intellectual salvation, when you do wrong, there is a remorse, but there is no change of heart. Esau also cried, but he could not bring about a change of heart. Okay, so don't worry about these things. There are plenty out. But in the West, some of them, let me tell you. In the West, some of them, it is not intellectual. It is personal. Okay. They have been struggling with something. They never faced it, never confronted it, never sought help, never came out of it. So now they will say, I don't believe anymore. I am gay. This is not an intellectual problem. It's a spiritual problem. Spiritual problem. Okay. I mean, gender fluidity. People are coming out. It's not an intellectual problem. This is something which they were struggling in the closet. They should have come and brought it to the light, sought help from pastors, other men of God, broken it, come out and be delivered. So they come out and say, you know what, and then they will say Christians are homophobic and they are this thing and that thing, their god is like that. Because you go to the other side, pagan gods have no issues what you are. They don't care. So they subscribe and say they are intolerant, they are narrow-minded, and uh, this religion is very tolerant. Okay, But when eternity begins, you will realize your tolerance did not work. Mm. did not work. You are lying. You know the truth, but you are lying. And in your lie, like the devil, why does he lie? He keeps on lying to take as many as he can with him. And you are lying, and you will try to take as many as with you. And God will never lie. God will never lie. If you say these 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 things you do, practice, you will go to hell. You will go to hell. He will never lie. As he's a father, he will never lie to his children. He will never lie to his creation. The devil lies. You can do these, these, these things and nothing will happen to you. He lies. God will not lie. And his word is truth. Mm. And it's because God is loving, right? Parents love their children. Therefore, they say, don't lie. They don't steal. No? Does any parent, any normal parent tell his child, you can steal, nothing will happen? Mm. No one tell them. In no the same way, God will never lie to us. What he says is true. We have to deal with these issues, Amen. Amen. For today, it's eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Yes, (laughs) Pastor. Tomorrow is the first of August. The eighth month is here. Hallelujah. Five more months, and we are over. We are over. We do not know. I don't know. Honestly, I do not know which way things are going. But we still know there is a battle going on, and uh, we are not losing that battle. Outwardly, it doesn't matter what happened. Spiritually, we are not losing any battle. We are not losing. We are winning. Why? Because God said so. The, the, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Mm. It cannot. If He said it, it is true. The mm. church will never lose. It cannot lose. Certain churches may lose, but the church will not lose. Certain denominations may lose. The church cannot lose. It cannot lose. Okay. Mm. We stand on that victory and we see that victory and we will believe August will be. Continue to be a year, of, a month of victory. Father, this evening we just come to you, Lord. I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you. I just want to worship you, Lord. The last question, Lord, they asked so many, mocking you, scoffing you. And they claim to be Christians. They have masters in divinity. They are mm-hmm. all over the Internet and right-wing, Indian right-wing TV channels and all mocking you, Father. But you loved them. You died for them, too. And when you prayed on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. You prayed for them too. And if they can come back, they will come back. But we are not faced by any of these things, Lord, because it doesn't matter what people say, you don't change. Nobody can change who you are. You are God, and you are God forever. And there is only one God, and it is you. And there is none beside thee, Lord. All we can say is we are grateful thankful that you saved us, or we too would have been a reprobate, either ignoring you or scoffing you. And if we don't do it, it's not because of us, it's because you intervened in our life and you saved us from hell, literally hell, Lord, where all scoffers will ultimately go. You, you saved us. We just want to thank you for salvation, Lord. At the end of time... Even if we have nothing but our salvation alone, we are blessed. We are more, more blessed than all who rejected you. So, Lord, you don't have to do one more thing for us. Mm. But we thank you because you do so much for us every day, even today. So this hour, I want to thank you for these seven months. You brought us through, and you brought us through well. One day, only we will be able to appreciate what you do did for us, when you will show us in eternity what we were facing in the spiritual realm. What were the plans and the devices of the enemy through wicked men and women to destroy us, but you protected us and brought us well, Lord. You carried us through. So by faith we just want to thank you. We just want to bless your holy name. And I commit everyone into their hands, and I speak peace, I speak healing, I speak strength into every heart, every body. And I pray, Lord, as we begin another day, in a few hours, four hours, we begin another month, your presence will be there with us. As David said, when I wake up, you are with me. Mm.
2: Awesome. I pray,
0: Father, everyone who's hearing will experience when they wake up, they will realize you are there with us. God with us. Amen. Emmanuel. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we just want to thank, thank you. you. Ah. We commit ourselves into the hands, oh Lord. Be with us. Go with us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amen. Lord. Thank you, Jesus.